Hey, before we get started this episode, I just wanted to say we encountered a few difficulties with our recording settings, uh, so the sound quality is not up to our usual standards. Apologies for that, uh, but I think it's still a good listen, and uh, we'll have it sorted for the next one. Thanks. your source for Warhammer Underworlds and under 30 glory that you scored for holding objectives in enemy territory. I'm your co-host Davey and uh, with me as always is my noble but secretly bloodthirsty co-host Phil. How are you doing Phil? <laughs> hey I'm doing all right. All uh, right. Secretly bloodthirsty huh? <laughs> or maybe not secretly of, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I think the amount of corn that I've played in my days probably <laughs> suggests it's not all that secret. Ah uh, right. Uh, and with us, we have uh, a guest. We have Nick. How are you doing, Nick? Hey, guys. I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on. Nick is on here to talk to us uh, about some of his uh, some of his exploits, uh, specifically at uh, Bugman's uh, this past weekend, uh, where he brought out Grimwatch. Uh, and then the next day, he we won't be talking about it today, but maybe down the line, uh, he brought... Uh, it gets to the mini clash there. Um, so uh, more to more on that a little later in the episode. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to do some community shout outs. So uh, for ours, just look at our last episode. Uh, <laughs> we we, <Yeah. laughs> we kind of tried to hit all the resources. It's uh, as actually the uh, recording dropped about four hours before recording this. We're, we're getting out a little bit ahead of things. So um, it'll be. Uh, just out a couple weeks by the time you've heard this. Uh, Nick, anything you wanted to shout out yourself? Uh, yeah, I'd like to shout out like uh, an awesome performance that a player has that uh, you might know him from Discord as Godsworn Gamer. Godsworn Gamer is Martin. Mm. And he basically achieved the same results that I did, except he got unlucky and less glory differential, so he didn't get as much trophies as attention as I did, but he, he went undefeated on the Friday with Xandar Truth Seekers, which is something. Oh, wow. And then, wow. yeah, and then finished undefeated in the second day, dropping only one match, like exactly as I did with the Stalkers on the second day. So even though, like, I'm getting some of the spotlight, I'd like to give him a shot because it is, like, as fantastic as I did. Sure. Definitely. Uh, probably more impressive. Yeah. That's Xandar's Truth Seekers. Oof. It's yeah. not one you hear all that often. We'll have to uh, ring his bell a little bit about that. Um, Phil, uh, I think we're going to skip what the heck is going on with you because you and I recorded just a few days ago. So <laughs> Yeah, not, uh, not a whole lot has changed yeah. since then. We'll, uh, we'll just jump right into it. Um, Nick, would you give a quick rundown of what the events were that uh, at Bugman's for uh, folks who are, who are not uh, plugged in or not quite sure? Uh, sure. We'll so Bugman's Clash is like a at this point, a monthly event or like a two, two times per month event that happens at Bookman's Pub, which is the pub at Warhammer World in Nottingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Payton is the host. Sometimes you see some of his posts mm-hmm. on, on Facebook and stuff like that. It's a skirmish event, usually like a four-round skirmish event. This time was championship. It's usually a Rivals or Rivals Plus or how is that called. Uh, this time was championship and we were about... 40-ish player, maybe short of 40, because some players like got delayed with their planes and other stuff that happens. It was mm-hmm. also like 32 degrees in Celsius because we... we... Yeah, <laughs> because you're civilized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, I'm still alive. And also, like, yeah, we, we talk like the, the scientists we don't use, like your wacky system. <laughs> and, stuff. and they told me, like, it was totally unexpected. Like, for us, 32 degrees, it's like April. And yeah. for for the UK was like totally unbearable. Like they told me that the train had to stop because the railroads were too hot for them. <laughs> wow, the steel was buckling on the tracks. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so you you mentioned skirmish style for folks who are not aware. That does mean best of one. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. All right, best of all one. right. perfect. Uh, all right, and you brought. Uh, what did you bring to the the skirmish? Uh, I brought the Grimwatch, mm, which yes. is, is a warband that I know, as Davey knows, because I played them like all the pandemic, and the pandemic lasted like quite a lot. <laughs> uh, 
since we moved to playing online mostly, I was brought into multiple team events, and I was the Grimwatch guy all the time because exactly, they yeah. perform pretty well, and I know them pretty well. And basically, they have like now double down on their objectives and surges and whatnot. So I wanted to bring them just like maybe like some sort of tribute to them because like I had so much fun to, with them for the last years and wanted to give them a shout and a ring of honor. So I, I, I'd love to make the run with them, but I didn't think they were solid enough to win, not not even the Bookman, uh, especially the, the Mini Clash. So I, I was thinking about something else for the Mini Clash, but still yeah. wanted, I, I think the Bookman is like some sort of almost wacky fun event, yeah. even though a lot of players yeah. brought, brought the same warband for the next day. Some of them didn't, and I was one of them. So I'd rather have something that I know and I can have fun with. And it's a chill night, right? Yeah. Well, if I lose a match at Bookman, I can have beer. If I lose the first yeah. match at, at the Clash, it's still like 10 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Uh, you know, it's an interesting uh, point because uh, you, you kind of answered it for me. I was going to ask, uh, why why Grimwatch and why no, now? Uh, and notably, when I jumped onto our personal uh message history when i was going to reach out to you and see if you were around for a recording uh i noticed the last uh our last exchange was uh i was asking you hey have you put anything who's back in november i was like hey, have you put anything together for grimwatch and hero deep yet and you said uh not really i don't think they work that much uh and yeah uh, basically I, I didn't run them at the beginning of the year because i was with talkers mm. because i think a lot of like good Good cards in general. We had like some really little cool cards at the beginning of the year in November, right. let's see, beginning yep. of the season. Uh, I didn't w went with them. Like after I lost a couple of tournaments, I was like, yeah, the, the old Grimwatch deck that has like the Ant Advances and Treasure Hunters and those stuff, those kind of were worth it. And then I thought again and say, wait, those cards are still in. Like why I'm not trying to make them work? Yeah. And so I brought them to a tournament. And it still worked. Like I won that. That, that was uh, another skirmish tournament I had, like in Italy, uh, six rounds, so pretty long one. And I won that. And I was like, yeah, they, they still work. And then this expansion came out. I didn't practice with them with this expansion. I just basically doubled down on the old two objectives on your territory and ever downwards and uh, shifting madness is everywhere. So that was it. Basically, that was the deck. <laughs> that was the same yeah. deck as before. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like, you know, a couple things coming out and these, these are useful for everybody, but ever downwards and sudden revelation, uh, kind of help it flow a little bit and give you more reason to do some of the things that you're already trying to do. Um, I think, I think it's probably a good time to, uh, run through the deck. So, Oh, uh, I, I also, I, I want to make just a fair warning. Uh, I run through wits with my deck because mm -hmm. Zach Newcomb made me think about that. Because mm -hmm. it's powerful, I use uh, true wits with my gifts all the time, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. maybe we'll talk about it later. And yeah. I was uh, because I, I made like some practice game with Compact, and Compact said, "Be sure that true wits work with barging forward and not loss, because those are not scatter abilities." And I was running with some other folks, and they say, "Well, of course it should work with those those are scatter abilities." Otherwise, I said, "Yeah." Otherwise, like this card only works with First Merc and nobody else. And he told me First Merc and the Crack Marrow, and I would say, "Wait." I can make it work with jewels. It's pretty powerful. Matter of fact, I don't think it, they made me realize it after the tournament that it doesn't work with Crackmarrow's ability because Crackmarrow's ability, the ghoul call, makes mm -hmm. you place a scatter token and roll one die. Mm -hmm. Its wording is different than scatter one. Yeah. Mm. I, I think it's a pretty understandable... Uh, I, I, I kind of had the same arc as you where I... I saw it, I got excited about it, put it in, and then had somebody sort of talk me talk me out of it, say, hey, you know, the same sort of thing. Like, it it doesn't say scatter it. Uh, but I, it's totally reasonable that somebody would see it that yeah. way. I, I think it's a wording problem more than, like, I, I mean, as intended, I think it's a scatter ability because you place the scatter token, you roll one. It's yeah. basically a scatter one. Mm. But it doesn't say scatter one. So, correctly, it, that shouldn't work. I used it only like twice in four games, so it wasn't like that much permanent as a play as was with Gets, which I use it all the time. Mm -hmm. But right, still, yeah. that, that was that was not fair. So no, nobody noticed. 
and sorry to everyone that I won with it. It, it wasn't my fault. I, it, it was really an old mistake. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If we can, if we can just blame Zach Newcomb, I'm fine with it. <laughs> <Yeah>, absolutely. <laughs> Easy enough. Done. Uh, so I'm looking at them here. I've got your uh, your surges as everything to prove, uh, contest of equals, sudden revelation, reckless swing, horrors in the dark, and ever downwards. Ever downwards and sudden revelation are kind of obvious for this. They can uh, flip. Uh, did you ever score ever downwards off of crack marrow uh, in enemy territory? Uh, yeah. One. Mm. Okay. I, Just one. I, usually, I, I have plenty of guys to score it. Even if I, I usually run most of the guys on the other territory, but sometimes like those are occupied, like for the Fork Guard or other warbands that annoyingly try to hold my objectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. sometimes, like you know, Crack Marrow can teleport that with these trails later, and eventually yeah. it can happen. Let's say yeah. it's a, like we gather momentum. Sometimes you can score it with the other surge. Like, mm-hmm. It's about yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, Reckless Swing is a card for this Warband that I, I didn't really think about until uh, Requisite Zach was using it with his Spike Claw Swarm. And he's like, look, I'm, I'm running onto objectives, and often there you can, you know, kind of two birds with one stone, just take a nothing attack and get the guaranteed glory um, for it. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that, that is kind of, because it's a, it's a surge that you can, Score with board positioning, but it doesn't really matter what the dice show. So, yeah, uh, basically. That's also, uh, in, a, in a previous version of this deck, I had uh, Mike Swing. Oh, a Mighty Swinger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that helped with that too. I took down Mighty Swing for confusion, which is something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, basically, I do a lot of like charges onto objective at two fury, or why? Why not? Maybe I do a damage. Mm-hmm. And at this point, may you know why not? Maybe I'll even score an objective for it. Yeah, uh, and then uh, in certainly in the first game of best of three or in, in best of one, even like getting a lucky chip damage on somebody can kind of give their their brain some problems as far as worrying about chum, even though uh, you don't have it here. Um, mm-hmm. Two of your surges. Oh, I was about to say two of your surges are restricted. That's not true because oh no, it is true. Uh, I was yep. just looking at some revelation. Yeah. It was about to be. You have contest equals. Uh, and you have everything to prove. Uh, I'll come back to everything to prove in a second, but contest to equals, I I think I kind of like it in here. I, I've done the same thing. Just because you're doing that sort of, I'm going to charge, uh, try and score reckless swing, you're taking lots of swings yourself. And because you filled the whole board with your fighters, there's just a lot of attacks that, that typically happen in my experience. Yeah, of course. So. Also, a sneaky one, uh, when my warband inspires, uh, one critical of them, I can't remember the name, the one with the bones on the back uh, makes you uh, mm. like uh, throw one dice left. The Knight's Herald, yeah. The Knight's Herald, yeah, correct. Yeah. So uh, usually when you roll like two dice instead of three or one because you didn't notice, mm-hmm. it's a lot more easier to score. Yeah. Uh, also, surges are like, I think the, the bigger problem from Google Game Watch right now is having consistent surges because mm. their good surges are restricted and not that good right now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Right, that's a that's a good point. Uh, there is no uh, in the name of the king in here um, because uh, that is both restricted and and a little bit difficult to to set up these days. Yeah, and, and shifting madness can be problematic since mm-hmm. like sometimes you just know where two objectives are and you don't know the other three, mm-hmm. and you have to like spend an, yeah. an activation over them to score. So yeah, it's a good yeah. Thing. Yeah. I've been sticking with uh, in the name of the king. Uh, I think I probably got it in the spot where you have everything to prove, and it, it is a thing that it's it's hard to set up. It definitely uh, makes for for playing differently, uh, where I would delve and then just leave them open so that I could run back onto them. Um, it, it kind of accepts a heavier loss. Um, you that, have that everything. That's true, but okay. ma- makes like making a statement harder to score. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Instead of delving exactly the moment that you need it. That's yep. basically that's, only before the end phase. That's yeah. basically it. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Uh, and it also sacrifices some uh, modest defensive boosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I see you have everything to prove, uh, and this unlocks Primacy. It is your only Primacy card in the deck. It does. Um, and it does. Uh, so when I first saw it, I was like, oh, I don't uh, I don't know. Like, th- this is one glory, but 
the other person's gotten primacy. So uh, is it is it really like helping you at all? But I think it it gets you flowing. They get they get glory, but it's spent, so it doesn't get them. I mean, from the kill they do, and then you have enough damage boost. How often did you find that uh, you got to the end of the round and did not? Uh, did you do you sometimes you know maybe get one primacy to their two primacy scores, or how did that how did that work out in practice for you? Okay, basically, I think my go-to primacy score is one. Like, mm. it, it's an even glory objective for me because, like, I score everything to prove. I maybe score one primacy out of three, and my opponent will get the other two primacy. So basically, mm -hmm. it's two and two. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. the, the biggest swing here is I need consistent surges because sometimes it's really important for them to inspire, and sometimes you just need one glory to bring crystal well to four damages and inspire and remove one threat yeah so basically it's that first glory that matters more more than it's one glory that you can score without other stuff that is true i think the, the problem is their surges as i said because i really need like a quick surge to have a, a crucial quick upgrade that makes a difference mm -hmm. yeah Definitely. uh i i can see it the uh the end phases you have Treasure Hunter and Extraordinary Revelation, uh, which are basically the same card. They are three glory for holding two object, two or more objectives in enemy territory. Yeah, uh, and so that is uh, pretty specific. And then uh, that kind of couples with making a statement, which is to hold all objectives in enemy territory. Uh, Fearless Seekers, which is uh, this. Finally, is a two glory instead of a three, uh, but it's a score of two or more friendly fighters are on feature tokens in enemy territory. Uh, dominant position, which is you know an obvious pick for something like this, and then uh, the hunt advances because weirdly the Grimwatch have five hunters uh, in their yep. Um and that's that's having three uh, or more friendly fighters in enemy territory, uh, and each friendly fighter in enemy territory is a hunter. Uh, we'll circle back around to. Uh, to the extraordinary revelation treasure hunter, um, what uh, I I was when I when I was playing around with it a little bit, I started trying this. Some because there's a, a user freeze had posted up a, a similar deck, uh, but some because I'd watched so many games of you making a lot of work out of uh, treasure hunter and, and such, and I was like, okay, uh, these are in previous editions, but uh, uh, I I was surprised how scorable you made it and uh, how. Did you did you feel like uh, doubling down on it was just fine? You you have a glory ceiling of twenty one with this deck right now. Yeah, uh, I I think it was reasonable, extremely mm. reasonable, uh, even more reasonable than before because uh, like before there was like some sort of counterplay and people rely more on pushes and objectives. This time there's less focus on it, mm. and mm. also doubling down means like I can, I can fully go on my strategy and that leads my opponent to the crucial choice. Do I make him inspire or do I make him score less? Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Also, also, I have a 21 glory objective. I think gifts are 22 or 23. Mm -hmm. uh, those are greedy uh, like objectives. But I also know that I can discard like a two glory or three glories without a two. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, I think the the key piece that you mentioned there was uh, setting up difficult choices, and uh, I, I played around with saying like trying a supremacy and holding you know trying to get three in my own territory uh, you know with dark inversion and uh, playing mm -hmm. playing back and saying I'm just going to be in my territory I'm going to hold as much as I can in my territory and I'm going to try and kick the enemy out. But what it did was it didn't create any hard choices. The enemy could just come barreling in. Uh, right at me and say, I'm going to try and disrupt your score and I'm going to try and prevent your inspiration at the same time. And uh, this is what I remember about watching you play before is that by getting into enemy territory, you create an immediate uh, immediate threat of, okay, like if I if I take one less activation running into the Grimwatch's territory and instead turn around to try to knock this fighter off an objective, uh, it increases the chance that they inspire. Uh, is that a similar thing that you've been doing with uh, with this build? Is that that kind of uh, aggressive push, uh, and then dare them dare them to have to make the choice? 
Oh, absolutely. The build is like that. Like I'm going to make you cho- choose between letting me inspire or letting me, letting me score less. Mm-hmm. Uh, their resurrection mechanic makes that work too as well. Even though you have to practice a bit because sometimes you finish with like a critical on the back of your uh, territory, and that's a that's a game loss basically. Yeah, that's basically yeah. game loss. And <laughs> you don't realize uh, I have a lot of practice with those. And uh, one fighter on the back, it's a it's a game loss. I, I can assure you that. Basically, all your or your plan goes to wrap around, and yep, that's the game. So yeah, yeah definitely what, bring more fighters possible. Yeah, are you? I think you're talking about here, like with the uh, uh, with setting up the scatter token to to make sure that you have as much chance as possible of landing in enemy territory. Because uh, you're as long as you get in enemy territory, you're helping the hunt advances, and you're closer to those crucial objectives that you need. Um, I I think I've uh, made a pretty grave error where I, I looked at uh, I got greedy where I was like, well, let's see if I. Uh, if I place a scatter token like so, there's one dice result which which sends a fighter all the way back into my territory and he'll never get back out. Uh, but the other, but the two of them will uh, set him up where I could confusion onto an objective or something, and that would be a big score. And, and of course, I rolled that one that sent him all the way back. It's like, well, yeah. So, sometimes, yeah. like you have to gamble like that. I'd rather yeah. keep those instances for the end of the game. Like if yeah. it's the end of the game and that changes a lot, I will gamble about it. But like the first or second resurrection you do in the game, you shouldn't. Like if it happens, fine. But the crucial part is it has to be on the side of four. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm so I'm go ahead. glad you mentioned the resurrection because like looking at this deck initially, I was like, man, this seems like a really great strategy right now. But then I was thinking about it from the perspective of my stalkers and it's like i don't think i could ever try and do anything like this because mm. as soon as one or two skinks are dead the no, whole strategy not. would fall apart <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. so it's like having that resurrection is absolutely crucial here i think yeah it is. uh I, I know we still have to go through the power cards but i actually think this is a decent time to uh talk when you when you are setting up uh at the start of the game Let's say you win the dice roll. Is is your preference to control the board alignment or to control the objective tokens, the uh, feature tokens? Uh, funnily enough, I think both work for both board bands. Mm-hmm. I think it's a situation where it really doesn't matter because what I want is exactly what my opponent wants. So my mm-hmm. opponent doesn't want to uh, offset the board because what will make it easier for me to inspire mm-hmm. and so it, it goes straight, and I also doesn't want to don't want to, to like offset the board because I want to run faster and with a lot of people in their territory. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I think basically I, I don't want to say it's the same, but I think it's basically the same. Probably with Malog, I'd like to place the the boards more than not because like their objective control is suboptimal. Instead mm-hmm. of like on support guard, I'd rather set up the boards to go straight be sure it's straight and aggro mm-hmm. but yeah i guess basically it doesn't matter let's say in a generic matchup i'll take the boards and mm-hmm. usually i end up with two or three objectives in their side anyway mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh specifically because of so i i had given myself my my version had uh in the name of the king still in there and it would tempt me into putting three objectives if i had control of it i put three features in my territory uh, to make that easier and dominant easier. Uh, but what I think I'm hearing and what I was discovering is that actually, I think I kind of want the three in enemy territory with, oh, you know, uh, because it gives more options. Cause what I was finding is like, Oh, there's only two out there. It gives me less, less chances to, uh, find a way to solve the extraordinary revelation or treasure hunter puzzle. So you, you would go for the, you kind of grow aggressively to get the three, um, is that is that three features in their territory any way you can do it or do you try to uh, are there any other placement tricks that you like to try and uh, engage with so usually when they take objective they usually place their first in their territory anyway so that that that's all part of my problem mm-hmm. uh, I try to have like one of them that is easily reachable with a couple of cryptos mm-hmm that's my 
basically the most important thing. The other feature token can be a, a cover X, which I can play pretty much everywhere. Mm -hmm. So Horrors in the Dark is covered like that, Go the Seeker is covered like that, and I can work from there on. So usually mm -hmm. I make sure there are one of those, it's an objective token and ritual from two of Go, which I deploy in the front. Mm -hmm. uh, the rest basically is bonus. Against Phil Kelly, that was playing with Forker Guard, we ended up like with four objectives in inside of the territory. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Interesting. And to, and to cover X. Only one objective was in my side of the territory. Wow. All right. And he, and he placed it, like, for last. And he had, like, a chance to place his, even that, like, in no man's land on his territory. And he said, nah, probably it's better if I put it there. <laughs> um, have, you, uh, have you ever been able to, you know, with some board setups, I guess, I, I've uh, managed a couple times to engineer a, a edge hex placement. It's usually where somebody has long boarded me um, or uh, uh, or an offset oh, where there's, one, there's more. One thing that, that, that I meant to tell, uh, I forgot. A oh, long board sure. is death to this world. You should <laughs> never long board this world if you're <laughs> running pretty much. Because the resurrection mechanic, is, it's a mess. It's, you, you cannot win. It, it goes everywhere. You don't have control. <laughs> I yeah. So yeah, it's probably uh, if you want to counter Grimwatch, try Longboard. Uh yeah, that's uh I had a a couple of games against uh Storma Celestis, which I thought was gonna be great and he longboarded me both times and they were really, really hard. Uh because uh specifically because of that. Although the the one thing that did happen was I, I managed to get a, a an objective on an edge hex which gave me which is which is good for Beast Trail at least. Um but uh that was about the that was about the only silver lining of that. Um are there any particular boards that are your kind of go-to boards that you... So I, I was a, uh, in a skirmish event, and mm -hmm. I practiced the deck for a skirmish event. So I always use only one board. <laughs> always <laughs> my go-to board. That's the one with three blocked axes in a pyramid scheme, like in a triangle scheme. Yeah. yeah, this is... That's uh... that because every way you put it, you rotate it, there are at least two uh, adjectives in the back. They're all with three good spots for the crypt tool on, on the front. There's usually some good mix of blocked access and occupied access to reach crack matter earlier. Mm. So that's a great board. Use that. All uh, right. Soul Refractor, I think, is the name, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, For all those I can't remember who... the name of, of my fighters. So I... <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. The one who's wearing a skull on his head. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that one. I use this board, man, I swear. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's get back to the deck. We, we're talking about the uh, power cards now, so I'm going to uh, run through. It's it's heavy on the pushes, which is always uh, always a good thing. Uh, yeah. For the pushes, there's pack advance, which what a beautiful push. This is the, the choose <laughs> one or more friendly crypt ghouls and push each of them too. So you can push three fighters too if they're all sitting on the board. Uh, appalling Visage, which is an enemy push. It pushes somebody... Uh, two hexes away from you. Uh, this is this is the card I'm always terrified of uh, the uh, Grimwatch player having in their hand and denying the uh, keeping me from stopping the Inspire. Um, Heated yep. Instinct, Hypnotic Buzz, uh, Sidestep. These are all pushes that you have in there. And then there's a, a couple of equivalents. But uh, uh, you landed on these pushes. I noticed that... Uh, uh, cover of darkness is not in there. That's that's a push to. Uh, so, go, uh, yeah, yeah. About that. If I didn't run through it, I would have run darkening storm, and instead mm -hmm. of sidestep, I would have put cover of darkness. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem with cover of darkness is that if you delve an objective, a day push you off of it, you cannot go back mm -hmm. with cover of darkness. Yeah. And I, I usually don't don't need like cover of darkness to reach an objective that I cannot reach because I have like already two push two cards which are existing and pack advance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which are plenty to me. So I'd rather have like the free of a side step. If I run cover of darkness, then I will say take uh no sorry, if if I run darkening stone instead of through it, which I should have then I would have run Cover of Darkness instead of Sidestep, because you can, I think, go back over an object. I, I, yes, that's the ruling I would run with it. 
don't yeah. know. Where, where yeah, yeah. Uh, there's two sort of equivalent, uh, well, not equivalent, but there, there's two uh, manipulate. Well, I should say there's Dark Sacrifice in here, which is a good one for this warband because you're going to lose people. Uh, gets you to more pushes when it happens. Uh, and it feels oh, yeah. really good. This is, uh, <clears throat> if somebody kills somebody and you Dark Sacrifice into Strident Summons, um, like, <laughs> yeah all right just got easier Rough stuff um and strident summons being the the out of uh out of phase uh as a, a power step resurrect um which yeah is... it's also pretty good for like the unpopances because you can sneakily put back one in and mm -hmm. it's also really good like when when you charge with a threat like the crystal that you pack with upgrade and they take it back and say, okay, this guy's not coming back because crack my of charge, so this one I'm saying, no, it is right back. <laughs> yes. Um, then there's uh, two, there is Confusion, which you talked about a, a relatively late inclusion in there uh, in place mm -hmm. of Mighty Swing, and then Swarming Darkness, and this is, uh, Swarming Darkness is one we've talked about a couple of times now, but this is choose, uh, pick one feature token, within three hexes, if it's uh, an objective, flip it. If it's not, uh, push it one towards that fighter. Um, were, were these, was Swarming Darkness in the whole time, or was that something you kind of came to, or how did that? So Swarming Darkness was the last car that made the deck. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw how powerful that was for the gets. Basically, mm -hmm. that was my gift card, and I saw how... This card alone made infestation like extremely possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I was running making a statement and this makes making a statement like three times as possible as before. Mm -hmm. uh, and also like I have a lot of guys in my opponent's territory. So usually I have for sure one fighter within three axes of one of their people. So. Mm -hmm. uh, I... I was using it myself, and I uh, again against in this uh, storm of Celestis game because those guys like uh, they enjoy sitting on objectives themselves, and he was delving really early, uh, and so I couldn't use this for the the way that I is is you know the kind of juiciest way to use it often, which is to uh, pull an objective uh, or pull a feature token out from under somebody and then put it. Under I like, yours. I, you know that I like the other the other version better. Uh, the the flip to turn it back. Yeah, because sometimes like people like to stay like on top of a cover act and say, mm -hmm. "So I cannot deny you're making a statement or your infestation with it." And so at the end, say they say, "Okay, now I delve, so you don't score." And I say, "No, I flip it back, and you cannot <laughs> delve again." <laughs> I I uh, I agree. In, in this case, this was a, a player who was running, you know, it was storm, so he was delving real early in the round. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I was I was stuck where I couldn't I, I if I use this I would just flip it but he would just delve it back again so uh, it was uh, it was a problem but what I realized is like if if in that rare case where you have that in the matchup you can still use it uh, you know on your own side to because you you probably want to hold something on on your own or um, or use it early before he before he uh, before they get to squat on him so uh, I. I realized it was, uh, I was like, oh, this card isn't as good as I thought. And I'm like, no, it's, it's just that I'm, uh, I didn't <laughs> adapt. I didn't adapt at all. You know, I, I thought of the one, one or two ways to use it. And then uh, there's, there's more than just that. So yeah, I like it. Did you ever think about oh, Dark and, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was saying an edge case for using that is scoring Southern Revelation. Mm, yep. Oh yeah. Because Southern sure. Revelation tells you to flip, ever downwards tell you to delve. Mm, so you yep. can like flip an objective and flip it back. And score it with just one. Oh wow! Yep. Sure. Yeah, I, I actually do that a fair amount with the skinks. Um, having multiple ways to flip in my power deck, uh, so it's it's just like I don't even need to necessarily have fighters on everything all the time. Um, I can still get the flips that I need. Yeah, uh, swarming darkness feels like a super utility card right now um so for folks yeah, who aren't using it give it a try <laughs> yeah ne never leave the owls without <laughs> <laughs> did uh did you ever consider a dark inversion in this deck it it uh or did it ever become a problem if somebody else had it and you didn't uh no no because 
uh, as I said, usually there's plenty of stuff that I can sit in my opponent's territory, and usually mm -hmm. that's maybe like one objective. And if they want to bring another objective into the equation, hey, be my <laughs> guest, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it gives you gives you more chances too. Uh, yeah. uh, all right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about the uh, the gambits, or should we hop over onto the upgrades? Uh, I think confusion is an interesting choice, and. Mm -hmm. I lost a game for because my opponent had confusion and I hadn't. Mm -hmm. And basically, he was able to uh, score making a statement and I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so I dropped Mighty Swing for this card. Mm -hmm. And this card makes a lot of stuff possible mm -hmm. because yeah. sometimes, like, your opponent is going to stand on an objective and be obnoxious about it to not make you scoring a statement. Uh, you don't have counters for confusion because usually it requires two cards to revert to the previous state for mm -hmm. confusion. Mm -hmm. And in yeah. the meta where not a lot of people run confusion, confusion is extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it's been a very solid card ever since season one, and I think that people sometimes forget about how powerful it is to just be able to switch places on you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember... Also, on, on some match cases, I can use it to inspire. Uh, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Uh, I think Phil and I had a match where I, I did that. I uh, <laughs> I, I needed bad. two cards because Hrothgorn had gotten pretty deep in my in my territory, but I was able to kind of confusion onto the feature token that he was standing on and then horrifying or appalling visage to throw him out of my territory and then inspire. So. <sighs> oh, both of those. <laughs> I usually run it like... I usually run like... When people put like a fighter on the X after no one's territory, I'd mm -hmm. like to charge in no one's territory. Maybe target the other fighter mm -hmm. and then confuse and push another away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, well, let's uh let's talk those upgrades. So uh the Grimwatch have some tremendous ones. Um Absolutely. just built in. Uh so you're you're pretty much always gonna see well motivated and heroic vision. Those are plus one damage for range one and two, and plus one dice as well. Um, and then uh, this one, you have impervious delusion. Uh, this is uh, if the fighter would be dealt more than two damage uh, with, by an attack action or a gambit, they are instead dealt two damage, uh, and it cannot be further modified. Um, I, I feel like that's kind of a, a set of set of three auto selection for you. Is that is that fairly accurate? Uh, yeah. I, I think those are always going to my Grimwatch deck, no matter what strategy I'm running to. Those three are like must have. Yeah. I mean, if, if those three objectives were or upgrades were uh, universal, I think everyone would take them. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had for a little while talked myself out of impervious delusion only because uh, I was getting. I think I kept on losing Crypt Ghouls, so it doesn't help, and then uh, uh, Crack Marrow was getting killed by a uh, two damage and a two damage but uh i think having this on uh, having this on can just make sure that you just guarantee that there's no one shot on uh gristle well or crack marrow or you know and anyone with more than two wounds which is yeah uh, also like having it on bar sometimes like it, it's a huge swing because mm -hmm. sometimes like she's standing on her jacket and she cannot be killed so mm -hmm. is it worth it Probably not, so I'll keep, keep her there, and then I score my stuff. Yeah. Uh, also, like an extremely edge case, I can use it on uh, another of my crit goals, but I will tell you the name right now because I have my fighter cards here. That <laughs> is Master Talon, because when oh. he fires and kills yeah. another <laughs> fighter, he can use his reaction to have plus one wound, so now it's yep. three. Yeah, I finally, now I finally triggered that ability and remembered to use it, which was incredible. Yeah, uh, like what, it's what like the gas from Tandrick. Nobody uses it because nobody remembers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see what else. There's uh, Savage Strength, Great Strength, uh, and then we'll throw Berserker Rage into this conversation as well. That's uh, combined with four. combined with well motivated <laughs> means you have four damage boosts, and that's not even counting the weapons, which which will boost the ghouls. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to those uh, in a second. But... Savage Strength is also the added benefit of making one fighter uh, yeah. hunter. Yes. So I can use it yeah. to Gristle Well or the the Arrier to make them hunter as Cordian Yeah. 
Um, that's pretty solid. I've, I've gotten myself jammed up in, in that way where like, oh man, I, I really want to make this charge with crystal well, but it's going to mess up the hunt advances. And you're like, oh, all right. Um, an- another way of doing that is, uh, and this obviously doesn't work for the Harriers and you'd rather put it on, uh, on a, a crypt ghoul. But in, when I've been really up against it, I've, uh, occasionally thrown soul tooth on crystal well, if I didn't have any other way forward to, to solve, crack the code. Um, the two, the two weapons you picked were Soul Tooth Dagger and Silent Sword. Uh, those are, were there any other weapons you considered, like um, Shadow Spear uh, or anything like that? The other weapon I considered was a Seize Weapon for them because of the pink damage. Mm-hmm. Mm, yep. Because sometimes, like, like in uh, an Alliance version of this deck, I killed uh, Dangerous in an end, in an end phase because I. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so rough. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it can happen. But yeah, yeah. Uh, th- those are the two weapons that g- give me basically three damages. That's mm-hmm. usually more than needed, even because sometimes I have like, as you can see, a lot of plus one damage in other ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, that's the way. Also, Silent Sword gets three damages in no one's territory, which is pretty crucial to me for inspiration. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Silent. Yeah, sort of dagger. It's another thing that makes you a hunter. So, yep. oh, this is a good point because uh, a lot of times that uh, that second fighter getting into your territory is just over the line. So, uh, because they're they're coming from further back. So that silent sword, you're you're saying you can you can charge into no one's territory and then swing back into your own territory to to chop yeah. uh, uh, exactly. interloper out. Um, I guess soul tooth. Uh, Pairs kind of nicely with Berserker Rage too, going up to four Fury, three damage with Grievous, and possibly a reroll. Um, really, really is a, a nice combo too. Yeah. Um, I see the one one uh, sort of outlier is driven by Envy, and this is the plus one move. Uh, fighters attack actions have plus one dice and cleave if they target oh, a leader. This card is so good. Everybody is surprised <laughs> by it. I I don't know what, why people overlook this card. Yeah. Like, like great speed. Is a great card. Yeah. This is great speed, and plus one dice and cleave against the leader. Yeah. I uh, I was uh, I every deck I have included it in, I've been like, oh, this is actually pretty good, and then I somehow continue to overlook it in other <laughs> other decks. But yeah. yeah. Um. Often yeah. because that uh, you're going into enemy territory anyway <laughs> with this, uh, and you are going to have to deal with the uh, opposing leader. So, Yeah, also plus one move is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, speed. extra speed is always strong, and then extra speed is especially useful when you need to be in enemy territory. There, I don't know how many times I've been like, all right, I'm speed four, I know I can get there, and then I'm like, eh, it's five hexes, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, extra speed, yeah. always useful. I think people just well, overlook... I- plus one move instead of plus two because there was you know a while there where it was like oh well yeah i I think it's also fair to overlook stuff because sometimes when you think about like charges you can make you think just at the charges you can make because of your speed yeah and you never think about oh if i have one more speed i can make all these other charges you don't Mm -hmm. think like that so it's easier to overlook that Mm -hmm. but if you really consider like plus one move can make a lot of more targets possible and a target that is not possible will take zero damages. So no yes. matter how good your dice are rolling. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Best defense is not being able to be attacked. Mm. Yeah. And I guess I would even... I haven't tested it much, but I feel like in the current meta, there's a lot of warbands that care about their leaders a decent amount. And so that, that little bonus against the leader can probably come in pretty handy when you yeah. need to make a dive on an enemy leader. Well, hello, yeah. Dantelos. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Speaking Pop of. Plus one, plus one dice and cleave against Dantelos? Yeah. Uh, I'll take it twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pretty solid. The, the last thing to mention about the the deck that I wanted to point out is I actually accidentally skipped over one game. That was Beast Trail. And that was the, uh, it's hidden paths, but if only for uh, hunters or quarries where you can pick, if you don't have a mover charge, you can pick up from an edge hex and place on another edge hex and get a move. Yeah. Uh, and I imagine this is in here for uh, just sneaking more people into enemy territory, by and large. Uh, uh, 
if this car was restricted to crack marrow, I would put it in my back. It's basically <laughs> just for crack marrow. Uh, I, I, I usually take crack marrow in the back, and once my cryptos are there, and yeah. I have this card, I think I'm fine if he dies at some point, so I can bring it in. Also, uh, this made like the game against Phil Kelly an extremely pleasant and, and interesting game mm. because uh, at the end of like the second activation, I had one glory. He had like a couple. I had Beast Trail. He had his leader. Uh, he, he was using the board with three uh, consecutive uh, block taxes. Mm-hmm. And he had his mm-hmm. leader right next to one of his uh, small skeletons, mm-hmm. one of his petitioners. Oh, so I could have teleported myself right next to him. I have uh, a red vision for plus one dive, and I could yeah. have like three hammers attacks against a one dodge trap fighter. I was cool. pretty sure he was going to die. <laughs> uh, I yeah. did. And at the beginning of the second round, he won the roll off and killed Crack Marrow. Oh. I was like, okay, now this oh. is an interesting game. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I do like it on Crack Marrow because uh, it gets one more fighter, and then with his range too, he can kind of drop in and uh, often yeah. often create some tough choices for people. So. Hidden Paths was an absolute monster of a card for a while there, and uh, Beast Trail is basically the same. It's just a little more limited, so it's not everybody gets to use it. But uh, yeah, still super powerful. Um, but I think people don't think about it as much anymore. So you probably have a little bit of a surprise factor, although I think people might expect it with Grimwatch. <laughs> yeah, and also remember, Savage Strength, Salt of Dagger, makes you a hunter. So in extreme cases, you need to like bring somebody, yeah. somebody out of, of a situation you can use that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, all right. When Before the day, were there any uh, matchups that you're like, uh, this one's particularly bad for me, this one I really don't want to see? I was pretty pretty even against zombies mm-hmm. because sometimes like they can kill all three of your criticals in one activation. Yeah. And that makes <laughs> a lot of my stuff harder to score, I guess. Yeah. Uh, also Ripa is always problematic. Yeah. Uh, also Shadeborn. Shadeborn are problematic because they like need two cards and they can one shot Crack Marrow no matter mm-hmm. where he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, sometimes you have impervious delusion in your hand. Sometimes you do not. Mm-hmm. So yeah, th- that was my uh, problematic three matches. I, okay. I-, I say it's none of them. So, also, mirror is not that great. I say the mirror body wasn't like such a a skilled player or experienced player with the uh, with the warband. So mm-hmm. I could take advantage of of, of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on the day of, you had. Was it? Uh, it was four four games on the way through. Um, yeah, exactly. Who did you have uh, in round one? So in round one, I had Rapper. That was a fine lad running it. I, I can't remember name. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> was a fine lad. He was like a somewhat returning player. Like it stopped at Nightfall and went back. Mm-hmm. And he also had, like a, a round that tried to score basically the same stuff, like uh, Treasure Hunter. Uh, make, uh, making a statement kind of back, and I had more potion than him. Mm-hmm. Yep. So basically, uh, I won because of that. Basically, he told me I keep denying his end phases all the time while I score points. Yes. And I won uh, by six. Was a close game, by the way, because Drapper is so accurate, and I inspire all of them because I have to do my stuff. Yeah. Also, I inspire all his warband, like in the first activation I did, because I have to be in his territory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought about it. I say, you know what? You're going to be inspired no matter what. So I'd already give it to you. Yeah. 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 yeah no yeah. denying creepers. Um, they have become a lot more manageable with the uh, with the modification to their push. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so start out one and zero. What, what's your uh, what's your next matchup that you face? Uh, next matchup, I guess, was the Grimwatch Mirror, and mm. I, I vividly remember like uh, my opponent said, uh, "Which warband you don't want to face?" I am say, "Yeah, I don't want to face a mirror." <laughs> a mirror against an Italian player that I usually play all the time. So not only like, a guy oh, I don't want to face, but also a warband I don't want to face. So yeah, that, that happened. Also, as I said, like. Uh, a lot more experience with it, with with the warband instead of the guy, 
and he told me it was like the fifth time he was playing the world like yeah so five mm. games Christmas to this and sure. basically what was the game when I'm inspired and it's not I'm over objective and it's not and I score glory and it's not basically was flat was pretty pretty one-sided game yeah I, I don't blame it like mirror for Grimwatch is something you have to learn mm. because you're you're gonna be like surprised a lot if you don't set it correctly sure uh with uh, I and I think that's true for anybody. Like I, I think many people are pretty inexperienced in playing the mirror, just because for understandable reasons, it's it's often not something you play in in practice, right. you know. Uh, but uh, you know, for for me, I ended up uh, by a quirk of some of our online things, I ended up playing the Ripa mirror a bunch of times, and so uh, it's one of the few mirrors that I feel comfortable in because I'm like I I probably played the the Ripa mirror, you know on the, on the higher end of, of, uh, the number of people who have done it. And, uh, and it's, it's just like anything else. It's understanding, you know, you think like, well, I already know this warband, but understanding the mirror is more than just understanding the warband. So, yeah. Uh, and also like if he was running, a let's say more classical version of the Grimwatch. And I mm -hmm. think my version makes an advantage for me because I'm going to be in your territory. So mm -hmm. you're not going to inspire. Mm -hmm. And the objectives are on your side of the uh, of the territory, so you're not going to in my territory. So I will mm -hmm. fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then early on, uh, when everybody's accuracy and damage is low, it's still pretty safe to go running into their territory with your own ghouls. Um, yeah, you know, you'll you'll take some hits, but not that many. Yeah, and, uh, and that difference is pretty huge. Like I defend with two, and you defend with one. I yeah. roll one more dice than you. It's like a pretty big yeah. Of a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I think another uh, quirk of of doing this sort of matchup where you are uh, your uh, these sort of swarm hold objective versus swarm hold objective is that uh, in an event like this, which uh, where glory differential is going to be important, if one side is scoring theirs, it usually means the other side is not scoring theirs. Yeah. You know, so if you're Correct. so you can you can really open up a, a large glory differential in this sort of matchup. Yeah, I, I think I won by 20 this matchup. Oh, I, oh. I think this, this, basically this was like the edge for me to winning the event. Mm, sure. Wow. Uh, and that early on. the uh, So you, you advanced past that. What is uh, what does your round three opponent look like? Uh, my round three opponent is Mario, the guy that won the Grand Clash the, the day before, the day after. Mm. 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 Uh, it was running Moloch. Which <laughs> I I knew later, like it was not that experienced with Moloch, so it was basically doing like the bookman as a fun event, like this. Mm -hmm. sure. And I have to thank my dice. I, I actually have to thank his dice for it because it missed <laughs> a couple of brutal attacks that should have entered, and they didn't. Uh, mm. Especially honorable mention, uh, Mog with three hammers for five damages because it played the card where a fighter holds an objective, he gets one damage, a charge token, and he has plus one, plus one for the entire game. Yeah, yeah. drawing power. <laughs> drawing power. That's a good. Pretty good, good on Mog, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he rolled three hammers against a trapped Crack Marrow and rolled no successes. Oh, oh my gosh. No. <laughs> and my next card was Beast Trail. Uh, <laughs> You're just going to yeet on out of there. Just like that, <laughs> yeah. I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that, that, that happened. I'm not sure if I lost because he landed the attack, but for sure I don't win that easily. Mm -hmm, for so sure. uh, I think it, it's fair to remember all the times where your dice don't go. I think you should always remember when the dice kiss you, and that's what one of the times. What uh, did he put Stalag Squeak in your territory to help with stopping the Inspire? Or? No, uh, mm. he put Stalag Squeak in his territory over an objective. Oh, and also, good. at some point, I uh, try to play sidestep, but mistakenly drop down confusion. I say, "Oh no, that's not the card!" And immediately, I thought, "Look, go to the start of and the crit group next to him, and say, "Yep, that is going to happen." Soon. <laughs> <laughs> this is a thing that is going to happen. Yeah, uh, that is going to happen. What What do you think uh, about that play? Do you, Do you think the the better play is the lag squeak in on an objective in your territory, or do you think it? Do you think he played it right to to try and cover up something in his? Uh, I, I played against Mike like mm -hmm. a billion times and Mike mm -hmm. run Moloch like 99 million times out of the billion. <laughs> uh, he always puts Salat Quick on an objective in my territory, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is the best choice for it. But also mm -hmm. that wouldn't like 
denied my objectives at all. Yeah, even though he didn't know much. my objectives. Yeah. Uh, also, another uh, interesting stuff, he was playing Illusion when at the end oh. of the phase, you are teleported back in your territory. Oh. And we also asked Nick, because we, we, are, we weren't sure about that for the inspiration. And mm-hmm. uh, Nick Payton ruled that that happens before the inspiration step, so you inspire after that. So no okay. matter what, he w- wouldn't have been able to stop my inspiration mm-hmm. because he was running that kind of step. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I guess that kind of makes the decision for him then. So, uh, toppling Molog, uh, it's a, a, a feat. Actually, I haven't seen Molog for a while. Jazz, Jazz in our local still, still runs him. And so does who else? Cam, was Cameron. it Cam? I've actually Cam was... just, just faced him just the other day. <laughs> uh, we didn't actually get to quite finish the game, but it, it was, it was close. Okay. It was Hrothgren, uh, against yeah. Molog. Just, just haymakers going back and forth. <laughs> uh, Nick, I think we remember you are going against Sepulchral Guard in the in the final. Then is that right? Or yeah, not the final, but your final game. Yeah. And actually, Phil Kelly was the the, the guy with most glory differential at the moment that we playing. We were table one, so mm. basically, uh, if it happened to swing, uh, whoever won fight took the game. I think the game against Phil Kelly was. Easily one of the favorite games I have in this game since mm. I started playing. Both playing and spectating was just that interesting of a game. Uh, I ran support to card pretty awesomely. He also had like everything to prove uh, and underdog, so I think both uh, supremacy were in play. Uh, as I said, we lost both of our five leaders at end of first round, uh, beginning of the second. Oh, wow. We changed the supremacy 20 times during the game because yeah. every kill was, was one shot. Uh, interestingly enough, at the end of the first round, I was in the position where I could score my objective or I could inspire, and he chose to not let me inspire and score. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, another pretty huge event was like when he... So, uh, his leader was dead, right? And his uh, sighting guide... Uh, Harvester. Uh, what? The officer, why? I don't remember names today. The officer <laughs> was sitting on an objective next to my crit goal and uh, crystal well. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, so you have just one card to bring him back. So I, if I take him down now, he eventually going to come come back, inspire, which is something you don't want to see. But it's also like not probable that it happens right away. So I killed that yeah. guy. And of course, he has a rest of death, so he's back. Yeah. And it's buff, it, it was for Circle Rage, it was Inspire Attack, yeah. it was Oh no. Ferocious oh Bite, no. <laughs> and he rolled five dice against Crack Marrow and doesn't roll a single success. Ugh. Wow. You hate to see it. <laughs> yeah, and then killed my Crypto, and the activation later, Crack Marrow goes charging the Prince of Dust that was the other fighter that did not let me inspire. One shot him. I inspire, and the game basically rules. I, I, he runs out of steam. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know, it's funny because you're you're talking about like, uh, like I, do I want to give him the chance to inspire early? And I was like, and I'm I'm trying to think. I was like, I guess he gets a little more accurate, but, uh, but I totally forgot about inspiration strikes being a possibility. That that's a that is stacking it on there. That's cool. Uh, that does sound awesome. I uh, inspired attack. Got... Sorry, not not inspiration strike, but in the card. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, inspired attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, just old traumas resurfacing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, w- when all was said and done, uh, what uh, were there any? We've kind of talked about your deck some about uh, any changes you'd want to do after the fact, or uh, any changes that you might do if you're bringing this to a best of three. Do you think you would have legs in a in a championship best of three format, or is this uh, is this better yeah, suited I mean, for that? No, I, I think. This deck basically was probably more for a best of three than a best of one, even though a best of one can surprise a lot of people because mm-hmm. they don't maybe expect that I'm that much into being on their side of the board. Mm-hmm. So that can surprise yeah. stuff. But yeah, I, I, I run cool best of three basically all the last past two years. And Davey knows this. So yeah, yeah. I think best of three is doable. Uh, yeah. The only change I will make is through it because, as I told you, I know that sure. it doesn't work. And so I probably go back to Darkening Stone, to Darkening Stone and Core of Darkness, or I take Sidestep and put some of the in 
Sounds like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Always a few extra pushes always helps. Yeah, I I like that uh, in a number of ways, you know, and that that uh, it's one of those that it's it's rare to not find a way that it is uh, helpful somehow, you know, attack somebody, push them off and then step back onto it or all that sort of thing. So uh, cool. We uh, you went with Gits. We won't break that down, but uh, tell me tell me why uh, Gits for uh, for the next day. So basically, I prefer for the event with Gets because I face one of my local guys was playing the Exile Dad, and they are a mess, and you can get crushed by them pretty that badly. So I built a deck that can save them because I thought I would face like plenty of them. I also uh, yeah. like won the last UK tournament with them, so I was figuring, yeah, probably everyone is going to run that. Uh, I, actually, I, I only faced one of them, so. Not mm. not bad of a deal, but mm. yeah, gifts are pretty much a bad matchup for the exile dad because I can occupy all the cover axes as soon as I deploy my fighters because squeaks can go over there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the Merc is a menace, and they don't hold objectives, so dominant position is something they do. They also want to be on cover axes for their objectives, so infiltration is really possible against them. Mm. So basically, I went with yeah. them and tried like a lot of matchups with them. And I thought they were pretty solid. Basically, I when I lose, I lose bad. Like I lose by a, a lot. But they're usually pretty solid. And they can outscore pretty much everyone. So mm-hmm. I decided to bring them. I, I had a lot of second thoughts because when when you win an event with the with the girl, you're going to say, "Why am I not bringing this weapon again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why am I switching? This, this is working. Why why am I changing the car? But uh, my friends talked me into it. They said, "No." They did their stuff. You prepare for for gifts. Gifts deck is good. Run with the gifts, and I did. And I'm extremely happy I did. So, mm, yeah. no no second second thought. Uh, for folks who want to see some gifts in action, I think uh, they have made it to the Vassal Brawl uh, final, uh, unless I'm mistaken. Let me see. That sounds right. Uh, I mean, I think the is, uh, is running gifts since like 1998. <laughs> Before on the war. Oh no, I'm wrong. So it looks like the finals are Benny with uh 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 Mournflight and Jazz K D three with uh uh Starblood Stalkers. But okay. uh point being there were two there were two Gits players that went into uh into the brawl and they will be working on coverage of that once uh once everything is done. Uh, they'll have some recorded games and if you wanna check those out, you should uh, pop over to the uh, Vassal Discord and you'll you'll find links for those once they're created. By the time you uh, hear this episode, those will probably exist. Um, they, they do not yet because the tournament is not yet done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it. Anybody got, feel you got any other questions to, to uh, hit about uh, the Grim Watcher? I don't think so. I really like the deck. I... I had not thought about doing all the treasure hunter extraordinary revelation stuff, but I like it. Um, solid. Yeah. This is, uh, this is Nick's technique is to create those hard decisions. We've talked about that a few times. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the inspired condition and the resurrection makes it possible. Basically. Yeah. That, that's yeah. the majority of the, of the deck. Yeah. Uh, we are going to, uh, wrap it up here. Uh, Nick, you got any last things you want to kind of mention here? Uh, just, uh, I did a shout out, uh, folks go to a gun clash if you manage, because it's like, it's awesome. Like the event was run perfectly. Every single one opponent I faced was no less than exceptional. And I have like a ton of fun. So if you can arrange the way to go to an event like that, go to it. Go for it. Okay, yeah, for sure. Uh, before we get into the final here, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump this segment up a little bit. This is uh, this is Phil's new favorite segment, and that is yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, flavor text quiz. So I'm gonna uh, read off a of flavor text, and you got to try and tell me what card I'm mentioning. This one is Skrrr, uh, uh, by Duke, <laughs> Duke Crackmarrow. The translation: Fords, my noble warriors. This one is the uh, pack advance. Yeah, you got it. There you go. Uh, the English helped me a little bit there. <laughs> I, I should I should have just left it without un, untranslated. 
if you want to get in touch with us, you can uh, catch us at WTHCast or whatthehexcast at gmail.com. Uh, Nick, if people wanted to hit you up, would they just track you down on Discord or is there somewhere else they should track you? Uh, basically, yeah, on Discord for this game, it's uh, at Nick Ramon and a okay. bunch of numbers that I don't remember, but I'm basically <laughs> on the Underworld Discord and you can find me there. Yeah. Uh, you can check out more of our content at themortalrealms.com. Uh, I just helped uh, record a story phase about the Sylvaneth, which makes this, I think, my third recording in four days, which uh, is maybe a personal record for me. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> coming up, we are going to try and catch the winner, whoever it may be, of the uh, Vassal Brawl and talk to them uh, and maybe pull in some of the organizers there to, to talk about that because it's it's really cool. Uh, I've, I've caught a couple of the games live and you get to hear the commentary and that really kind of adds something to have that level um i think uh shuby and uh um a a couple other uh discord members have been handling some of the uh some of the commentating um and it's that makes it pretty fun uh your recommended listening for this episode is ghoul's night out by the misfits and that's gonna do it so for what the heck's up in davy Okay, so we were just... Oh, yeah, my waveform is spectacular all of a sudden. <laughs> uh...